Welcome to the 10x Growth Strategies podcast. I'm your host, Aarti Vijayaraghavan, a product leader, an avid reader, and a book lover. Today, we are discussing the book, 21 Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell with our guest, Ms. Saraswati Padmanabhan. The higher you want to climb, the more leadership you need. The greater impact you want to make, the greater influence you need to be. That is the greatest takeaway from this book. And our guest, Ms. Saraswati, is a passionate leader and who is also passionate about investing in the life of children, the future, and the future leaders in our society. In 2016, she founded Diagar, a Montessori preschool and a daycare center for children of migrant laborers. In the tech city of Bangalore, India, this is a huge migrant population, primarily working on building infrastructure in the city. Ms. Saraswati started with five children of migrant laborers, providing education and a safe haven for them. And currently, Diagar serves over 1,000 children and it's spread across 22 centers in the city. Driven by a vision to make a difference in, in educating underprivileged children, Saraswati is building Diagar as an institution faithful to God's calling. Prior to starting the NGO, she taught and practiced counseling. She also has a background in finance, accounting, and auditing, and has worked as an auditor in California as well for a few years. Saraswati and her husband, Shamal, have three children, and they live in Bangalore. So let's discuss the book, 21 Laws of Leadership with Saraswati, and learn from her leadership of Diagar, an organization nurturing the leaders of tomorrow. Welcome, Saraswati. It's so great to have you, and it's a privilege to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much, Aarti. Wonderful to connect all these years. And thank you so much for having me uh, here today. Sure. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, so I was very curious, like, why, what, when did you first read the book and why did you choose this book for our discussion today? Um, I think I read this book about five, six years ago. And that was a time that, you know, I was just building Diagar and I was so conscious about uh, just influencing and leading people, influencing a word that John Maxwell uses a lot. And this book, uh, Arti, is like a leadership 101, right? It really, what drew me to this book, it talks about a building a foundation and building the right kind of foundation. Throughout the book, you'll see the importance of character, competence, and uh, co consistency and commitment being highlighted. So being a leader is not just something that we do, but it is who we are, right? So that is the core of the book. You would have heard it said that the most difficult person to lead is yourself. And, um, and so, you know, who you are is who you are as a leader. So all the principles in this book kind of relates to that. And it's at, at, it's at work and at home, right? Um, uh, like, like you said, I used to teach counseling and I used to tell our students that, you can't just uh, put on a hat of a counselor when you're with a client, right? You are a counselor. And uh, parenting is the best example, right, of how who we are really influences our children much, much, much more than what we tell them. Uh, I have three children. They are 13, 11, and 10 and a half. And, you know, we were just talking earlier about your children as well. They're at that age when they're just um, such crucial years. And we realize kind of really how uh, our parenting is influenced completely by who we are. So the, this book really talks about, you know, character, competence, and commitment. And at work again, right, our values, our motivation guides who we are with our teams, 
what we do at work, and most importantly, how we do things at work. So it gives a very holistic picture of leadership. And that's why I suggested it for our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, to be frank, you know, uh, I learned a lot from the book. And, uh, you know, when I went through it, I was like, you know, all the laws which are mentioned are, are, are as you said, building blocks and helps mm -hmm. people from different walks of life, actually. So moving on, right. Uh, one of the interesting items I read in the book is law of influence. Uh, you also touched upon it saying, the way to learn it is to try leadership without leverage. Uh, and in it, the author asks, try and lead an organization of volunteers. As a founder and a head of a nonprofit, I think that is one of the main things you must have learned about from the book, right? What is your point of view on it? And how did you get started on your journey with Diagar itself, actually? So, Okay, yes. I mean, um, I, uh, to talk about Diaga, right? So we started about seven years ago. We just celebrated our seventh anniversary in a little background. Um, you know, I grew up in Chennai. My parents used to take us to children's homes on our birthdays. And I've seen my parents, my grandparents support many children and their education. And then when I did my first job at Mumbai, I was part of a volunteering group that worked with street children. Uh, and then when I was in California working as an auditor, I used to there uh, again volunteer with children of prisoners. So everywhere we were, we were really looking to find ways to serve children. And uh, while we were working in uh, in the Bay Area, we felt very strongly that God was calling us to move back to Bangalore to work with communities and children. And so we packed and we moved and uh, came to Bangalore. And I said, OK, you know, what skills can I acquire to really serve children and families well? I met a wonderful counselor and then studied counseling. And, and during that time, Arti, I used to see these communities, migrant communities. There was one right behind uh, the building where my husband was working. And we used to see these children playing outside these communities, playing on construction sites. And we really felt very drawn to this particular group. And uh, so we said, OK, you know, once I, I have three children. So, you know, we said once they grow a little older, once they go into class one, we will start something, but uh, God had other plans about seven years ago. My youngest was about three, less than three at that time. We felt strongly God was asking us to start. And so that's how we kind of started working with children who live in these communities. You know, for, when I first went into this community, it's just blue tents, right? So it was like you're going camping. And, uh, you know, you realize these families have lived there for years. We have some families who have lived in these communities for 10 plus years these children are growing up there there's no water no electricity no sanitation and the children are just left unattended because both their parents are working and so, so that's how we started the agar and so your question about the the law of influence as john maxwell talks right uh, i think when we started the first teachers the first volunteers our donors also probably joined hands seeing our passion our commitment the sacrifices that we were willing to make and we were making for these communities and children. And um, with time, people are also drawn to the results, right? The way these children's lives have been transformed. Uh, Shweta was one of our first children and um, she was playing on a construction site when before she first came to the Agar and now she's in class six and she wants to become a teacher. So people not only see the passion, the commitment, but also the results and that's what draws them in. The author talks about buy-in, right? People first buy into the leader and then yep. the cause and so yes that's that's nice actually and and i think you you showcase one of the best ones where it's like you know you started the non-profit you use the fundamentals from 
from uh, you know all of these leadership principles in order to grow your organization as well actually so uh, like one of the things other uh, thing is also in 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 my personal leadership philosophy uh, trust is a big part of it right trust in my inner circle my team and also my leadership team so one of the items which the author talks about is regarding how respect is earned on difficult ground so you know what are some of the tough decisions you had to make uh, in order to keep uh, you know your organization uh, in the long term how did you improve your team on the whole and also build a solid foundation on it because you've obviously gone from in these 7 to 8 years you've gone from five centers or five children all the way to 22 centers so that means you have to really have made some lot of tough decisions and also figure out how to grow this right so some some key takeaways from it or uh, anything to share from your own journey will be amazing sure trust is such an integral part right like you said we've been talking about character and trust is such uh, that it's really at the core of one's character one of the most difficult seasons in our ngo journey so far arthi was during the pandemic i guess for us personally for most of us personally right those couple of years was really really difficult so just before the pandemic we were running three centers with about 135 children and then on march 10th 2020 preschools were asked to close immediately we started going into the communities to provide food for our children because um at our centers we not only do preschool education but we also take care of their nutrition their child care and medical care and slowly we were all beginning to understand what this pandemic was going to look i mean like at, at that point at least uh, how contagious it was and we were having a national national level lockdown and uh, since we were already been working with migrant communities we knew that they're just going to suffer uh, if they can't go to work right they're daily wage laborers so immediately we started working on how do we provide them dry ration kits so the decision to continue serving was not difficult at all because we started diagar in order to help these communities right but the tough part was figuring out how to meet the needs of these children and their families along with the safety of our own team that is a huge responsibility right so at the start of the lockdown what we did was we worked with local stores and try to make dry ration kits put together there and ask parents to come in small batches and take it and uh, through covid by god's grace we didn't have to close we started centers right in the communities and we took all the precautions required we did classes out in the open and uh, one other thing we did was that time we got health insurance for all our team members uh, in india unfortunately not many of not many people have health insurance and so here while we were serving the communities you know wanted to see how best we could take care of um, you know our teams in the second wave many of us on the team were unwell uh, including my husband and i my husband was in fact hospitalized and um, at that time so many people who were going into the hospitals were just not coming back right uh, so the tough decision that time was to we continue serving these communities because what we were doing at that point was we were creating isolation tents in these communities we were doing temperature checks we were doing vaccination drives and um, so it was you know we really had to again make a decision do we pause do we continue but we decided that we will continue because that is what god has called us to do and we continue to take a lot of precautions and supported our staff in different ways um and so you know these decisions really has had a big impact on us as a as a group as a team it brought us much closer to each other we saw how much we were committed to serve uh, we trusted each other so much 
and uh, we put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. And, uh, you know, we really will go to any lengths to serve these children and communities. So these times really helped uh, mold us as well as a team. That's that's such a great thing, right? Like in terms of both how you you made these difficult things, both for your community and for your team as well. I think that uh, health insurance part and taking care of your team, I think uh, some of the anecdotes which people use is typically you have to take your oxygen mask, make sure you are able to yes. survive and help others. And I think that that is the right call also to taking care of your team and making sure your community is like such a great takeaway, actually. Uh, it also actually good segue into the next one in terms of, you know, uh, you you keep talking about your team. And in the book, the author refers to something called as a law of inner circle. The author talks about how you need to be intentional about building relationships and form an inner circle, core circle of advisors and trusted team members. So what values do you look for in your inner circle? So maybe couple of uh, you know examples from your own diagar journey so and also in terms of uh, your leadership team how you how how do you align your leadership team with you so what values do you guys share actually which, which makes them your inner circle yeah i mean the inner circle is really uh, key and you know as we're growing the organization i'm also building that uh, learning to build that and uh, and uh, so our core va values are the personally our integrity empathy, excellence, and taking initiative, which means going beyond the extra mile, right? So these are our personal values, which in turn have become the other values. And uh, so, you know, when we talk to the team members, we say that if your values don't align with these values, then, you know, we won't be able to really work together. And uh, and the same thing, I mean, so much more for uh, the people in the, in the senior, the senior staff, the people on the leadership team, for them to also have these values, uh, integrity, where, he, you know, later in the book, he talks about authenticity, the discipline of doing the right thing at all times, and um, and empathy, right, just valuing people, valuing children, valuing the communities, valuing each other is so important for us, and excellence doing everything uh, as as best as we can, right, uh, in all the small and big things, uh, we really strive to do it really well for our children and going be beyond the extra mile, really sacrificially serving something close to our heart as well. So these are some of the values that, uh, you know, we we value and uh, look for in the people uh, in the inner circle as well. Nice. So, uh, like any anything on intentional uh, relationship building, like, uh, uh, you know, have you sought out, how do you seek out advisors and donors also, right? Because uh, your thoughts and your partners and donors' thoughts also have to align and values have to align. Anything on kind of uh, how you've seeked out uh, intentional relationships? Uh, yes. So again, a, a range of things. One is just, I mean, because I'm so new in this whole social uh, workspace, right? So right from the time we started, uh, it was like just meeting people and uh, trying to understand how they're doing it, what they're doing, and just to learn from them personally, learn from their journey of building organizations. Now also I'm talking to people where they have scaled their operations. And, uh, you know, while we are serving 1,000 children, we want to serve 5,000 children uh, every day. That's our next milestone. So talking to people, um, you know, who are, who are in that journey, who have done that. 
um, people in the education space, right? Early childhood care and education, again, is a very uh, specific area. So I'm always looking to talk to people uh, along that as well. And so, yes, it's, it's only been so wonderful. And I was telling you earlier, right? I'm just listening to the different people that you brought on your podcast, the different books that they have read, their own experiences has been so valuable. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, I think the inner circle is a little different, right? I mean, then you uh, bring people who kind of then uh, do this journey with you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but in terms of uh, learning from people, uh, it's, it's amazing. And with donors, you're right. I mean, there uh, we have uh, individual donors, we have corporates, we have foundations, uh, different people have their own ideas. They have different reasons why they are supporting these causes. So it's really good to understand where they're coming from, what's important to them, and uh, really align with organizations where, you know, they also have a heart specifically for migrant communities. They understand the importance of early childhood care and education. Nice. Thank you. So uh, coming back to the book, what are some of your three favorite laws from the book? Like when you read it, what what is the three uh, three or so favorite and and can you elaborate on them, actually, just so that our listeners have your takeaway on your perspective and why those three laws actually specifically influenced you? Okay. Um, I, I think there are so many wonderful nuggets in this book, right? The author talks yeah. about 21 irrefutable laws. And uh, one of the things I really liked about uh, one of the laws was the law of process, where the author says leadership doesn't develop in a day. It takes a lifetime, right? And so just learning and applying what we learn is, is so key. And it's wonderful after that you're doing these podcasts where we can learn and then apply it. Uh, Stephen Kotler in his book, The Art of Impossible, says something powerful about the return on investment on reading books. He says, when you read a blog, in about three minutes, you get what someone has put down in three days. When you read an article, in about 20 minutes or so, you get four months of work. But when you read a book, in about five hours, you get what one has learned and practiced in 15 years, right? So this book for me is like one of those where, you know, the author really has just, uh, has has applied these principles and then, uh, you know, he's actually living those principles. And then there, uh, an edition came out 25 years later where he's updated it and uh, continued to share from his own life, right? So the author says that reading a book or attending a seminar can inspire us and instigate action but it's through daily effort that you'll become a leader. That's the law of process, right? So I think that's that's so important. And I really love the way that he articulated that in the book. Um, the other is the law of picture, where you know living what I teach is the most important thing I do as a leader. Uh, people do what people see. Again, you know, being an example as a parent, right? Example yeah. is leadership. And so really... Uh, walking the talk as we normally say it right uh, being authentic and uh, walking the talk so the law of picture is important the other is a solid ground we talked about trust quite a bit earlier another thing he talks about is the law of addition where he says leaders add value by serving others mm -hmm. and uh, i truly believe that you either add value or you subtract um, you know, at the Agar, I tell each one that, you know, while you have come to the Agar to be a blessing to children and communities, we want you to be blessed while you are here, right? We want you to reach your potential. We want you to enjoy this journey. And so adding value by serving others is uh, so important. And the author really gives a lot of importance to that. So those are, yeah, those are some of the very, very yeah, yeah. powerful, <laughs> powerful laws, one of the many. 
thank you actually i think there's a great takeaways and all of them i and uh, uh, your uh, the first one which you said love process saying it's not just one day it's it's like mm-hmm. a lifetime you're going to always practice it and that's what shows the result that's that's a great takeaway so and and i think you uh, i was going to ask you about the law of picture you already mentioned it so it's like one thing which i personally liked was uh, you know law of legacy right mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on your organization what is the future of diagar and uh, you've already built a legacy imparting the seed of education amongst the kids you serve right and uh, i i really liked in the book also the author talks about life sentence saying you know how he has this pithy life sentence and it keeps changing for various stages of life so you know uh, what is the law of legacy which you are thinking for your organization and probably uh, saying a life sentence for yourself <laughs> might be a good takeaway as well for our listeners today um yeah so so our vision at the agar is for all children irrespective of their economic status to have access to stimulating and nurturing preschool education our focus is on children of migrant laborers and we want to move into other cities where there are migrant communities and serve there as well as go into other countries where there are similar needs and uh, so i've become very conscious of the fact that although we are a very young organization i'm not very young so it's like you know like just just so conscious that you know we have to have more people coming in joining hands so we've just started that arti in terms of you know building leadership within looking for people you know when i'm interacting with people connecting with people just having that uh, thought about uh, you know can we partner together work together to really meet uh, these needs in the city because the needs are overwhelming right you go to these communities and needs are overwhelming um so yes yeah, so that's uh, about how do we continue serving uh, as an organization how do we continue reaching these children i too like the way the author talked about the life sentence right so when i first read it i it kind of got me thinking uh, it's similar to what you'd say you know what do you want written on your epitaph right mm-hmm. uh, in the in the book he says um, some day when people attend my funeral i don't want them to have to guess why i was here right so well at at, at this point in my life uh, my life sentence would be you know serve faithfully in the best way i can and inspire others to serve and it's it, it's been a joy to be able to do that nice nice thank you thank you i had one curious question right like in in your thing why did you want to focus on early childhood education was there any any reason for focusing on preschool before school or uh, like what is what was your takeaway and how you you wanted to do that uh, for for you know such young children so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's something which uh, can be really useful for our uh, listeners as well yeah um so, so i mean when we got started it was because we used to see these young children playing these construction sites at the end you know at least the older children were able to go to the government school if something was close by but there are less uh, uh, preschools run by the government and also parents i mean the children can't go on, on their own right and parents are in no position to drop them at 9:00 pick them up in the evening and so they just leave them in the community they take them with them to construction sites you'll have three year old children taking care of one and a half year old children you have older siblings you know really caring for these young children and 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 we know the importance of 0 to 6 right that is the foundation 
physical, emotional, cognitive, you name it, that's, that's such a critical stage. And during this time when children don't have the required nutrition, they are so vulnerable, they're exposed uh, to so much abuse. Um, and I think for, for us, the other thing was we had very three, three very young children at that time. And so we'd be like, you know, we are so protective of our little ones. And, uh, you know, right outside, you see these children just playing on their own. Um, you know, I've seen a building where children were playing on the first floor. And here, you know, with my first child, it was like a spoon in the mouth. And we're like, oh, I hope he doesn't poke himself. And of course, that changed a little bit by the time I had my third. But still, right, we're just so, so protective. And and uh, yeah, just, so it just kind of broke our hearts to see young children not being able to, not not in a safe place, not in a place where they can learn and grow. And, um, and, and you know, research shows how at this age, when they are neglected, when they're abused, when they don't have that stimulating environment, it impacts their learning for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. And I think that, that uh, thanks for sharing that actually in terms of why you focused with that particular cohort of people and the most vulnerable and where you can serve. And, and thanks for sharing your life sentence as well, like serving and also ensuring that other people are joining in your serving journey and growing them. Ensuring I don't know. <laughs> Inspiring <laughs> action. <laughs> yes, let's try to ensure. So I think you said it in a great way in terms of serving and uh, how you want to grow these people. So thanks a lot for your uh, feedback on that. So thank you, Saraswati. I think it was an amazing discussion on leadership. And uh, it was especially impactful for having talked to you uh, as a nonprofit organizer and a founder of, uh, of a nonprofit organization, which is actually having an impact both on society and a lasting lifelong impact on these children as well. And as you said, the most vulnerable has to be the ones who have to be supported the most. And, uh, you know, founding the other and, and, and also making sure that this organization is growing uh, is is the best thing and as you said you know our best wishes for it to grow beyond Bangalore for other cities and ensuring that uh, both these children understand the value of education they are in a safe protected environment and a support system for their parents as well so listeners anyone who is passionate about leadership uh, should check out the book 21 Laws of Leadership it's a great read and it has many great takeaways uh, and anecdotes. And also it is very introspective. One thing I really liked in the book was at the end of every chapter, there are questions on how you can introspect, analyze where you are with that particular leadership skill. Uh, try to understand your own law of process. How do you build a law of legacy? How do you build a legacy for yourself? How do you picture your life, your organization's life, your team's uh, team's future and also build both an inner and outer circle. So great takeaways from the book and great takeaways from our leader as well here, Ms. Saraswati Padmanabhan. It was really great having you, Saraswati. Thank you for joining us and uh, sharing your thoughts on 10x growth strategies. Thank you. Wonderful chatting with you, Arti. Thanks.